The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so, whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. Coming down or coming back to poetry after writing the poems that filled his book called North, and not only the writing of that book, but the lead up to it, the slow growth uh, from the early 60s to the mid 70s, uh, I don't think it's that much of a surprise that uh, Heaney's next collection uh, uh, is more slight. At least for me, that's always been the case. And so I wanted to do something uh, different this time around. Uh, there aren't that many poems. There's really only two that I want to share from uh, his next book. And that is uh, 1979, the book called Fieldwork. And I actually wanted to share two poems. Uh, one that is from Fieldwork and another that is from his the collection after that called Station Island. Uh, there's a just a brief introduction here. Uh, in 1975, the year that North came out, um, uh, Seamus Heaney's second cousin, a man named Colum McCartney, was a victim of random sectarian assassination by loyalist paramilitaries. And Heaney wrote... Uh, one poem about him in Fieldwork, and then another poem about him in Station Island, and I think they are both uh, worth reading together, uh, especially to get a sense of how Heaney's ongoing discussion with uh, how to deal with the politics of the time uh, should be handled. And this is uh, his poem, The Strand at Lochbeg, in memory of Colum McCartney. And uh, the epigraph to the poem is from Dante's Purgatorio, the first stanza, or the first canto, which says, All around this little island, on the strand far down below there, where the breakers strive, grow the tall rushes from the oozy sand. And this is the poem. Leaving the white glow of filling stations and a few lonely street lamps among fields, you climbed the hills toward Newtown Hamilton, past the fuse forest out beneath the stars, along the road a high bare pilgrim's track, where Sweeney fled before the bloodied heads, goat beards and dog's eyes in a demon pack blazing out of the ground, snapping and squealing. What blazed ahead of you? A faked roadblock? The red lamp swung, the sudden brakes installing, engine voices, heads hooded, and the cold-nosed gun. Or in your driving mirror, tailing headlights that pulled out suddenly and flagged you down where you weren't known and far from what you knew. The lowland clays 
and waters of Loch Beg, Church Island's spire, its soft tree line of you. There you used hear guns fired behind the house, long before rising time, where duck shooters haunted the marigolds and bulrushes, but still were scared to find spent cartridges, acrid, brassy, genital, ejected, on your way across the strand to fetch the cows. For you and yours and yours and mine fought shy, spoke an old language of conspirators, and could not crack the whip or seize the day. Big-voiced scullions, herders, feelers round haycocks and hindquarters, talkers and buyers, slow arbitrators of the burial ground. Across that strand of ours the cattle graze up to their bellies in an early mist, and now they turn their unbewildered gaze to where we work our way through squeaking sedge, drowning in dew, like a dull blade with its edge honed bright, Lochbeg half shines under the haze. I turn because the sweeping of your feet has stopped behind me to find you on your knees with blood and roadside muck in your hair and eyes. Then kneel in front of you in brimming grass and gather up cold handfuls of the dew to wash you, cousin. I dab you clean with moss, fine as the drizzle out of a low cloud. I lift you under the arms and lay you flat, with rushes that shoot green again. I plate green scapulars to wear over your shroud. And that is the poem that Seamus Heaney wrote for his 1979 collection a few years later uh, in his long poem about um, uh, an Irish Catholic pilgrimage site called uh, Station Island. Uh, let me see here. Right. Uh, Station Island is a sequence of dream encounters with familiar ghosts set on Station Island in Loch Derg in County Donegal. Uh, the island is also known as St. Patrick's Purgatory because of a tradition that Patrick was the first to establish the penitential vigil of fasting and praying, which still constitutes the basis of a three-day pilgrimage there. Uh, each unit of the contemporary pilgrim's exercises is called a, quote, station, and a large part of each station involves walking barefoot and praying around the beds, the stone circles, which are said to be the remains of early medieval monastic cells. And that is uh, Heaney's own note from 1984 about Station Island. And the eighth poem in this sequence is... Uh, uh, gives more voice to his cousin rather than um, rather than Dahini himself, and this is what it says. Take a sip first. It says, 
black water, white waves, furrows snow-capped. A magpie flew from the basilica and staggered in the granite airy space I was staring into, on my knees at the hard mouth of St. Bridget's bed. I came to, and there, at the bed's stone hub, was my archaeologist, very like himself, with his scribe's face smiling its straight-lipped smile, starting at the sight of me with the same old pretense of amazement, so that the wing of the wood cairn's hair fanned down over his brow. And then, as if a shower were blackening already blackened stubble, the dark weather of his unspoken pain came over him, a pilgrim bent and whispering on his rounds, inside the bed passed between us slowly. And now begins a dialogue. Those dreamy stars that pulsed across the screen beside you in the ward, your heartbeats, Tom, I mean, scared me the way they stripped things naked. My banter failed, too, early in that visit. I could not take my eyes off the machine. I had to head back straight away to Dublin, guilty and empty, feeling I had said nothing, and that, as usual, I had somehow broken covenants and failed an obligation. I half knew we would never meet again. Did our long gaze and last handshake contain nothing to appease that recognition? And the voice answers, nothing at all, but familiar stone had me half numbed to face the thing alone. I loved my still-faced archaeology, the small crabapple physiognomies on high crosses, carved heads in abbeys. Why else dig in for years in that hard place, in a muck of bigotry under the walls, picking through shards and Williamite cannonballs? But all that we just turned to banter to. I felt that I should have seen far more of you, and maybe would have, but dead at thirty-two. Ah, poet, lucky poet, tell me why, what scene deserved and promised, passed me by. And back to Heaney's thoughts. I could not speak. I saw a horde of black basalt axe heads, smooth as a beetle's back, a cairn of stone force that might detonate the eggs of danger. And then I saw a face he had once given me, a plaster cast of an abbess, done by the Gowran master, mild-mouthed and cowled, a character of grace. Your gift will be a candle in our house. But he had gone when I looked to meet his eyes, and hungering instead there in his place was a bleeding, pale-faced boy, plastered in mud. The red-hot pokers blazed a lovely red in Jerpoint the Sunday I was murdered, he said quietly. Now do you remember? You were there with poets when you got the word, and stayed there with them 
while your own flesh and blood was carted to Belachi from the fuse. They showed more agitation at the news than you did. And here Heaney responds, but they were getting crisis firsthand, Colum. They had happened in on live sectarian assassination. I was dumb, encountering what was destined. And so I pleaded with my second cousin. I kept seeing a gray stretch of Loch Beg and the strand empty at daybreak. I felt like the bottom of a dried-up lake. And here is the response from his cousin. You saw that, and you wrote that. Not the fact. You confused evasion and artistic tact. The Protestant who shot me through the head, I accused directly. But indirectly, you, who now atone perhaps upon this bed, for the way you whitewashed ugliness and drew the lovely blinds of the purgatorio and saccharined my death with morning dew. And then Heaney's thoughts. Then I seemed to waken out of sleep among more pilgrims whom I did not know, drifting to the hostel for the night. That's an incredible poem. Um... And you can even say that uh, by making it as long as it is uh, before getting to the point, it's more evasion. Um, but then he admits to the evasion. Uh, he has his dead cousin uh, scold him for turning his death into a poem of uh, throwing Dante at the head of it and making it a piece of art. Um, I believe what's, what, what is... Uh, also referenced here is that uh, Heaney was at a poetry reading at the time when the news came of his cousin's murder, and I'm sure I'll get to that when I read uh, the interviews that Heaney gave with uh, Dennis O'Driscoll. Um, it's just a, a, a hard thing to imagine having to do, and I give Heaney a lot of credit for uh, for trying um, in a poem where he is scolded for evasion and uh, making death and murder an aesthetic experience almost he can still have the uh, the couplet and the strand empty at daybreak I felt like the bottom of a dried up lake um, there's no sense of this in any of the bog poems um, there is a sense of shame and of uh, self-accusation that he would be one to stand by and let these things happen, or he would be the one to stand by and observe it so that he could put it into a poem. There's the sense of, uh, of uh, using imagery from the troubles uh, in the poems, in the bog poems themselves, but there is no self-aware sense of, of shame like this or of uh, uh, accusation or scolding and one wonders what that poem would be uh, the Talend man uh, accusing Heaney of, of uh, making his horrible death into uh, even a beautifully brutal poem um, 
It's just one of the things that poetry can do, like nothing else. And since there's really only, uh, where did I put my book? Since there's really only half of one other poem from field work that I wanted to read here, I might as well just tack it on right here and see what it says. And this is from a sequence called field work. And this is uh, part five of field work. And then we will uh, give it up for the night here. Not the mud slick, not the black weedy water full of alder cones and pocked marked leaves. Not the cow parsley in winter with its cold whitened shins and wrists, its sibilance, its shaking. Not even the tart green shade of summer, thick with butterflies and fungus, plump as a leather saddle, no, but in a still corner, braced to its pebble-dashed wall, heavy earth-drawn, all mouth and eye, the sunflower, dreaming umber. And I suppose just with that fragment, it's uh, uh, not a, a bad place to break uh, until Heaney sort of gets his bearings again uh, over the next few collections. Any comments or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to humanvoiceswakeus, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.